0: Hello, hello. My name is Kim Addis. I am the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching, and you have just joined the Frame of Mind Coaching podcast, where we invite leaders and individuals, super interesting individuals from all over the world to come onto the podcast and get coached live and in person. Today, I am absolutely delighted, like beyond, to introduce to you our guest. His name is Marc Champagne. He asked me to say it in English instead of French. (laughs) I would say it, Mark Champagne, but he refused that. So Mark Champagne, and uh, first, Mark, welcome.
1: Thank you so much. It's I am first of all ecstatic to be here. I'm I'm excited to hear. I I know we have a, a huge overlap. I think, but I'm excited to hear about how those worlds overlap even more, and and what this is all about. I mean, I've done so many different shows, but like I said, I've never think live coach. So I'm excited for the ride.
0: Hold on to your seatbelt. So let's just give the audience a little bit of background on you. You are an author. You wrote a book called Personal Socrates, and I love the title and fascinated by what you've written. I am definitely getting this book. First of all, where do I find it?
1: Yeah, well, it's available uh, directly from the publisher, Baron Fig or Amazon, audible if you're listening kindle uh and for any of the canadians listening we are working on indigo so fingers crossed
0: well we're we're good with amazon too so amazon (laughs) is called personal socrates tell us what it's about and then we'll jump into all the other stuff
1: sure i mean in its simplest form uh, personal socrates is really it's a book or a guide i should say of of prompts that will help all of us just slow down and meet us no matter where we're at in life right now. Um, And and the reason it's framed up in that way and the reason the book is written through the lens of various profiles from people that uh, are still alive today to people that have passed, like the Picassos of the world or Jane Austen or Robin Williams and so forth, the idea is to provide different narratives and entry points for people to find the prompt that they need right now because Again, in its simplest form, I really do believe we're all one question away from a completely different life or a completely different mood or a completely different outcome. So if we can pause and ask the question, then, I mean, that's where the magic exists.
0: I I couldn't agree with you more. That's what we do with coaching. We certainly ask all the questions. uh, But you and I have something in common is we are both super fans of journaling and, um, when our clients journal with us, we're asking them the questions and we're offering prompts and that whole process is designed to bring them from one place to the next. So you can yeah. relate to me on that. Well, I'm hoping to get to talk to you after and discuss that at length, but, uh, you also are a podcast host and you run a podcast called behind the human. So tell us a little bit about that. I understand it's like a massive thing.
1: Uh, well, I'm doing my best. I mean, it's it the the podcast stimulated out of um, out of a journaling app that I had co founded about four or five years ago. I guess four years ago now, Keo, and kind of the same premise as as why I wrote the book is how do we make these a practice like journaling, and how do we bring prompts that are are, are powerful enough to li- literally change our life in the moment to the masses in a relatable way. So the podcast was started to, to, to do that very thing and to share different stories outside of just meditation coaches or yoga instructors where you would you, know, you would assume a lot of these practices are in place, and normally they are. But what about the designers or the developers or the writers or the Michelin star chefs? And the podcast was was created to capture those stories and to show that it doesn't matter what you're doing or who you are, Everyone has some sort of practice like that, and everyone's journaling because if you break down journaling and, and leave the stereotypical definition of kind of pen to paper, uh, which is fantastic, but the actual practice is reflection, and we all reflect in some capacity. So if it's taking a walk, or you know, pen to paper, or in an app, or speaking with a friend, and just reflecting and, and giving some time to think. Then that's journaling, right? So with the podcast, I just I hope to provide that that opportunity for people to again slow down and think on think about some questions and hopefully meet people where they're at, based on who I'm interviewing.
0: Amazing, and um, I've always said that when we were young, right? When we were born and we grew up, one of the first things we were taught is how to read and write. We yeah. weren't really taught how to meditate. We weren't really taught how to do yoga, but we were taught how to read and write. And so I find that when we're writing, specifically writing in a journal, like it's a modality of meditation. It's slowing down the brain and it's allowing you to reflect differently than you would ordinarily. So I'm a huge, huge, huge fan. And uh, like I'm standing on the rooftops, you know, yelling about coaching every moment I can get. Uh, But let's turn our attention to this podcast session. What's going on for you? What is your greatest challenge? What do you want to talk about today?
1: Oh, boy, here we go. I mean, you know, when I, I filled out some of the kind of the pre-show questions, I it took me a bit of time because I, I really wanted to make sure I came in with something very, you know, authentic and true and, and whatnot. And um, because I'm in a place where, you know, the, the quick backstory is that I left the corporate world and I was in product management and strategy for about 10 years. And I left to pursue the app idea and create essentially at that time one of the first guided journaling apps. Um, there were many meditation apps at that time that were doing, you know, uh, gu- guiding people through for meditations, obviously, but there wasn't really anything on the journaling front. And we left, created the app, reached a ton of people, 80 plus million people over the course of uh, about two years. And Unfortunately though, financially the app didn't work, we had to delete it. So I only share the backstory because it was during that that phase of my life where I really discovered the true work that that lit me up. I didn't know that the corporate work wasn't really uh what was lighting me up. I, I was happy, I wasn't driving into work unhappy by any means. Um but now I, I found mental fitness is what I you know I call it. And that's what led to writing the book and so forth. And and the book is now out and it's doing really well and it's leading to different speaking engagements and working with corporate teams as well. But there's still this element of there's so much uncertainty with that, you know, from month to month, like what's going to happen in February or March if I don't land the next uh, speaking gig or uh corporate, you know, mental fitness activation or so forth or if the book doesn't sell really well. I mean, there's so many elements like that that I find myself ping-ponging back and forth with looking at, well, maybe I should just apply for like a brand strategy position at Headspace or Calm and I can still, you know, I can still write the books and whatnot in the early mornings just like I wrote this first book and I can still have a, you know, a, a couple coaching clients and so forth. And take some of that pressure off. But at the same time, I feel like, well, am I I giving myself the chance to actually let this thing go and and go? And is it just kind of a PTSD from the app? Because that was such a scary moment in life, right? When we had to delete this and, and now what, right? So that's where I'm at. I feel like I'm always bouncing back and forth.
0: Right. So it's very, very interesting to me because you use the word PTSD from the app. And you know, did you have trauma? Well, I don't know if you had trauma, right? Trauma can be uh, experienced yeah. in a number of different ways, uh, but maybe, possibly, probably, what happened was you experienced this uh, an experience that caused a little bit of self doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I, was it traumatic? Maybe. Right. I don't. I don't really know, but I, it sounds like it left a mark. It left a mark, and. That Mark is kind of saying, okay, so I know how to draw an audience, I know how to resonate with people, but do I really know how to make money? I'm not sure because so far, you know, outside of the environment of working in a corporate space, independently I haven't slayed it yet. Yeah. Right. But you know, it's interesting because what happens is when we have a negative experience, we tend to use it as a definer. Hmm. And we're doing that unconsciously and the definer is I'm not good at that or I don't have the experience or, you know, I don't have proof of concept. I don't, can't say that I did it yet. Right. Yeah. And so who am I to sit in the shoes of anybody to, you know, even kind of like feel comfortable in that position. Sure. And so, you know, that That history, what it does for you is it causes you unconsciously, maybe even consciously, but unconsciously to tell a story about what it means. And so you know how you journal and you ask questions? My journaling prompt for you would be, what did it mean? What does it mean about me that I grew this app to 80 million people and then I had to shut it down? What does it mean about me? And my suggestion is that when you write down what it means about you, you review it and say, is that actually true? Mm -hmm. Because I suspect that what's happening for you is the meaning you're attributing to your past experience creates for you a discomfort about moving forward at full speed. So you're probably moving forward cautiously.
1: Well, the, yeah, I think you nailed it with that. I'm, I mean, I'm moving. I, I always have these these percentages in my head for some reason that it's like I I want a certain level of predictability. Let's say sixty to seventy percent of what I'm working on, let's say, and then the rest is there to experiment and so forth and whatnot, right? I mean, a pod, the podcast is a great example. It's not the podcast isn't set up to generate revenue, but it is that. I know how it works. It's dialed in. It's very efficient and there's there's no stress with the show, right? And but that's what I I feel like there's just there there are a lot of really great opportunities again all directly related to mental fitness and journaling and prompts, but I'm not at that point where where there's a, there's a 60 or 70% of of my effort that is you know, nothing's ever Hundred percent certain or or stable, but that feels like okay. I just need to do that, and that that element of my life is fine. And sure, I can experiment with uh, the next product or whatever it is related to the book or the talks and so forth. I think that's where I think that's where I'm struggling.
0: Well, and even your sixty to seventy percent is kind of funny because it's basically a little bit of a number out of thin air. And is anything ever like? If you say, yeah. I want something to be 60% predictable, it's the same thing as saying, I want something to be predictable, 60% pre- predictable, hundred percent of the time. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, yeah. even that is kind of a funny statement. Totally. Right? And so uh, as I sit here, again, I'm taking a few guesses. I'm taking a few shots, but your podcast has a lot of downloads. People are listening to your podcast what's the listenership
1: in terms of numbers? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, what are we at right now? I mean, I don't focus on it, on it that much. It's more the quality of, of, of conversations because it leads to other things.
0: I know you're very humble, but we're at what?
1: about, yeah, no, we're at, we're, I think we're at about a hundred thousand or so.
0: Okay. That's pretty good. And what's interesting to me is you said, you know, my podcast doesn't necessarily generate revenue. And so I suspect that there are a whole bunch of things that you're doing where you're not necessarily looking them at them strategically as revenue generating opportunities or systems that you've already created. Sure. And so like from Mm -hmm. my perspective, there are layers to this and the first layer is to address the story you're telling about your history. But then the second layer is to say, okay, so what are the opportunities in front of me that I am not taking and I'm smart. I am strategic. That was my history. What's stopping me from building strategies around these systems I've created?
1: Hmm, What's actually at play
0: here? Right? Because, I mean, you're smart. Lots of people know that when you have a podcast, it's something we can monetize. So the question I have for you is, so how come you're not doing that? It's not that you've never heard of it. It's not like Kim just came up with this brilliant idea. (laughs) She didn't, right? The question is, so like, what's actually at play here? What's stopping you? And then the third thing that comes up for me in your case is you're already coaching people. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what does that look like?
1: Well, it's, again, it's not, it, it it comes and goes. It's not a, a huge priority or focus. I'd, I'd say, um, from whether it's it's from corporate teams to one-on-one and i've done some of the one-on-one which was which was rewarding working with another team leading their mental fitness with a group of uh doctors in the u.s um that was great it was it was something that was new it was it was fun but right now it's it's really like i've i've been really focused on building out more group i guess you could say coaching related to better questions better results essentially so i've been focused quite a bit there so i would say it's less one on one right now those come up every now and then and i'm open to them but it's it's really more so the groups or the speaking which is a form of coaching obviously
0: for sure so my question for you is this what is the number monthly that would cause you to feel comfortable experimenting with that other 40 to 30 percent what's the number that you need like how much revenue do you need on a monthly basis for you to feel at peace with all the experiments you're running
1: yeah i mean ideally it would be 10k a month
0: okay great so 10k a month could represent two clients sure and so when when you think about that and and i want you to think a little bit bigger I want you to think about how do I just take care of that so that I have a recurring revenue stream, not that I can depend on 100% of the time, but so that I could feel a little freer. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what like to me, $10,000 a month, it doesn't represent a huge number of people, right? It represents a small number of people. Sure. But so if you think about it that way, and again, you have a hundred thousand people listening to your podcast and you're speaking out there to acquire two coaching clients. And usually coaching clients stay for a bit. That's called recurring revenue for you. Yeah. Uh, but for whatever reason, you're staying away from that. You're uncomfortable with that, even though it creates exactly the security you want. And it's sure. low risk, low stress, low time commitment, gives you a whole bunch of free time to do a whole bunch of other things. But there's something at play here that says, no, no, I, I need to stay away from that. And I'm going to guess, again, you can tell me if I'm wrong, if the reason you stay away from it is because in the back of your mind, you're like, well, I didn't succeed over here. So oh, yeah. It's definitely
1: self-doubt. Who am related. I
0: to coach people?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that and, you know, where where are those people going to come from, essentially? That's Those are the narratives running. I'm
0: less worried about that because you have access to an incredible database, an incredible network of humans. I'm less worried about that. I am seeing that self-doubt pop up again. And that mm-hmm. self-doubt is blocking your ability to create recurring revenue for yourself. Sure. Right? So ask yourself another question for you, the Socrates specialist, right, (laughs) is what am I afraid of?
1: Ah, Great question. Right? Yeah. It's going to be the journaling session tonight.
0: Journaling session tonight. And, And again, like, I honestly think the tactics, the strategy, they're literally right at your fingertips. You have access. The opportunities are abundant right in front of you. And by the way, you're looking at one of them right now. Thank you. Okay, so we can talk later, but I think that the opportunities are ridiculously abundant for you. And I think the thing that's blocking you from being able to see them and access them is that self-doubt, that fear. And that's what needs to be addressed immediately. Now I'm going to do a little self-promotion. I will. But this is where a coach would be incredibly effective to help you slay all that and move forward at a faster rate. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: So so you're not the only one who has self-doubt. I can't find one person who doesn't have it. And it affects them in different ways. But if you're listening and you have self-doubt and you're like, yeah, this is getting in my way. This is stopping me from getting where I need to go. Like, find me. Reach out to me. Come and check us out. Go to FramelineCoaching.com and set up a call with me. Like, it's ridiculous. It's not something that needs to stop you from getting to where you want to be. Well, thank you. Uh, Mark, I hope this gave you some food for thought.
1: Well, you left me with, I mean, you left several prompts, but the last prompt, what am I afraid of? I mean, that's, I'm excited to, to dive into that. Cause I mean, I've obviously journaled on many prompts over, over, over the years, but there's definitely something behind it and it's probably related to that app experience. Because that, that, really? that was the first that was the first experience of leaving what I would define as more, the more stable kind of corporate life, tried something. and I think it I think it succeeded in 80 plus percent of metrics for, for myself personally. I wouldn't even speak, be speaking with you if it wasn't for that experience. Um, but where it did fail has left you know a, a lasting scar, obviously. Which is what we're we're speaking about. I'm gonna ask
0: you to do one more thing is ask yourself how your percentage are actually percentages are actually working for you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well said.
0: (laughs) Uh, and I'll throw one more thing at you because I think this would be cool. Once you respond to these journaling prompts, once you do your journaling, send them to me and then we'll examine a little more. Sure. We'll go deeper a little. And we'll ask some more questions. I think you might enjoy that process a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Thanks, Kim.
0: Thank you. For those of you who are listening, if there's a challenge that you have that you want to discuss on the podcast, please reach out to me. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. And if you have a challenge that you want to talk about, but maybe not so much on the podcast, please reach out to me again as well. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. Mark, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I look forward to talking a whole lot more.
1: Me too. Thank you so much.